Hey, Brian. Yeah. Have you heard about the gel? Yeah, the gel? Yeah, like uh, the you, HGH gel. Are you gelling? I am not gelling. Are you gelling? I'm not gelling. You need to be gelling. <laughs> so if you want to get on the gel, get on the gel.com and gelrob.com. G-E-L-R-O-B dot com. Check out all of the information promo codes on our website, which is... TwoFitCrazies.com. It's Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian is flexing. I'm flexing. I'm excited. Uh, Is that what it is? (laughs) What are you saying, Conti? I'm physically fit. I was blown away by your guns. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, put away. Hey, listen. Some people come out of the box nice and big and strong with those gigantic muscles. I came out of the box. I can just um, with endurance. Okay, all right. I can go for days. Right. So what's your superpower? That's mine. Craziness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. <laughs> She's super crazy. <laughs> see, see, it works. Totally works. Get a theme song or something going on. What's your superpower? I'm crazy. She's crazy as f. Um, speaking of, believe that segue. We just had a really a good, definitely awesome podcast with. Dr. Jason Carp, who came back, we hadn't talked to him and touched base in about nine months and uh, touched base with all of his new adventures and journeys and new programs. And um, it was great because he brings it literally, he brings the science and just drops the mic on us. And Brian and I are like, okay, it, it is really it's, fascinating. It, you know, it, it's amazing the, le- the lengths that you can take yeah. running. He's primarily a running coach uh, and he's written books. Uh, you know, his books are all uh, geared towards runners. Uh, and, and running and that and running as a as as a means of of um, sport and running as a means of um, health and weight loss and all sorts of things. He's he's pretty well rounded. Mentality, absolutely. Uh, but you know, it's it's just the lengths that uh, an intelligent man such as Doctor Carp can take uh, running. It's uh, it's beyond, uh, which is always interesting to listen to. Uh, you know, it's it's almost like a, sitting in on a, on a lecture. It's great. Yeah. So uh, we hope that you really enjoyed uh, that uh, episode that we did, and onward and upward too. Oh, so real fast. So he's Go. he's still traveling the world with his revolution revolution run R E V O two. L U T I O N. That's a play on VO two. Yeah. yeah. VO two max. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's travel. he's traveling around the world doing lectures and online things. So for those of you that think, you know, um, about running, which, you know, I thought I did until I took that mm-hmm. and totally blew my mind of some things. And I've definitely changed my outlook on certain parts of training. Um, you know, I, I feel comfortable when people come to me and they're like, you know, we want to, you know, improve this or do this. I do feel and. Brian always looked at me and rolled his eyes before, but like I do feel really comfortable that I can design programs. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I can tell people now from that scientific background as opposed to whereas I used to just be a experiment of one. Right. Now the science behind it I think has really changed how I can coach other people. And I just It's very intricate. You know, you know it's not a matter of just throwing the bunch right. of we just perver- go out and run. Yeah. Throwing a bunch of the proverbial shit against the wall right. and seeing what sticks. You know, you really have to, to put the pieces together to have an effective right. running plan. Uh, and and uh, and he's very helpful with that and ha- and ties it scientifically right. to how the body actually works. Right. So fantastic. All right. So episode 62 is what we're bringing you today. And 
this is awesome because whether or not you're someone in the fitness industry or you're just someone in any industry, I mean, whether we talked about today, like you could own a fitness, you know, boutique gym, or you could, you know, bake cookies from your house and start your own business. Any entrepreneur, any business owner, this is a must listen because Julian Barnes is the, I'm even looking at this, co-founder of Boutique Fitness Summit, also the founder of Boutique Fitness Consultants. And he has a just an awesome story of, you know, having a passion for helping people um, living better lives and starts talking about the increase in boutique fitness studios, which you, you're seeing them all over the place, whether it's, you know, from an orange theory to a, um, you know, to a Robart or what is it called? Or, or, I, like, or even up? your local yoga studio is, is row house at 45 DC solid. Um, you name it. Yeah. On down to, you know, the places where most of us work out these days, yeah. you know, more, most people choose to, to do their trainings. Privately owned businesses, small businesses, independently owned, uh, you know, operated businesses that you know that are pop up in in a small, uh, you know, unit in on a main street somewhere, mm-hmm. on up to you know some of the bigger uh, boutique fitness chains or like you like you mentioned, Orange Theories and right. uh, and some of those places, um, as opposed to uh, bigger chain, Planet Fitness, right. um, you, you know, what, what are some of the Lifetime. other Lifetime. Yeah, and, and, and just like, you know, some of those, uh, the places that you ac- actually see like a commercial for mm-hmm. during, a, you know, a, a sporting event or whatever, you know, daytime soaps. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's... Uh, not that I watch daytime soaps. I know, I'm like, soaps. daytime soaps. <laughs> soap. These are the days I'm, of your lives, I'm Brian. I'm sure they run commercials for that stuff <laughs> during those times. Uh, but, you know, it, and really what it is is, uh, you know, boutique fitnesses, it's where you walk in and you recognize the people's faces. You recognize the owner. You know them by name. Uh, and, and a lot of times these uh, this style of business or this, um, you know, the, the way that these things are set up, it's hard. For you know, an independently owned type of business uh, to really keep it going, generate revenue, do all the things, work the books, uh, you know, advertise, marketing, all, all those things. Uh, you know, and even this day, it's harder with like just operating your social media takes right. time, right? So better ways to do it. So they put together Julian and his uh, and and he's very humble. He he brings in uh, uh, you know all of his. Um, people that he's uh, come along with him. He mentions on the podcast they've got an advisory board, and they do they have actually have a boutique fitness summit. This is uh, the second one. They did one in New York City. One in New York City. DC is November second. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a Friday. So uh, we uh, we had him on. It's a great conversation. Um, he's knowledgeable uh, through and through. I mean, he really knows. Uh, the businesses and and uh, it's just nothing but helpful for people. And I, I even mentioned my mother owned a yoga studio for many years, and one of the things that she talked about was the you know the difficulty of taking something that's a passion uh, first and foremost, like you said, baking cookies mm-hmm. or you know or, or whatever, make, making jewelry or even cutting hair, right? Uh, you know, and and turning it into an actual revenue generating business where you know rents due and classes need to be scheduled people and, got and paid. And, Exactly. And it's, um, uh, you know, it's an interesting look at it and we need it. Most Mm -hmm. of our, uh, you know, most of everybody that I know really will work out in some sort of boutique type of, uh, of establishment. And it's, it's, um, 
you know, it's it's helpful to those people to keep them afloat and to really, you know, make it the best possible place for the clients and to, you know, put like real hands-on health professionals, uh, you know, making it work. And, uh, and, and it's just a great, great, uh, conversation and Julian's great. And, uh, we hope we, we, that we're going to, you know, they hope that you all can support him in what he's doing because chances are it's going to help the people that you're working with, uh, or working for even, uh, in the future. I love it. So check that out. If you are listening to this November 2nd, and that's 2018, I know. Cause you know, when you're listening to this in like 2022, you know, um, in our repeats, when we're on episode like 8 billion, you know, <laughs> uh, looking back when we were young whippersnappers starting out on episode 62, but Conti's booking a lot of shows. You yeah, guys, it's, it's getting She's it's busy. Awesome. Hustling. It's awesome. Hustle hard, you know, sleep, sleep light and sleep when we're dead. But, uh, but yeah, everyone, you're going to love this. Jump on, listen, boutique fitness summit. And that's all I have to say, Brian, let it rip. Let's go. Two fit crazies and a microphone. Enjoy. Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And a microphone. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing well. That is fantastic. Ready we got to some rumble. Great weather today on the Jersey Shore where we're at. And it is time for episode 62. Unbelievable. It's awesome. And we got an awesome guest, as always. I am super pumped for all of our listeners to hear from. The Julian Barnes, who just happens to be the co-founder of the Boutique Fitness Summit, founder of Boutique Fitness Consultants, and just all around freaking amazing, amazing person in the industry, doing so many great things, getting so much great information out there for not only fitness companies and owners and products and people. And you know what? Anytime that we hear from people that are helping people move and get healthy, Makes our heart happy. That's it. So welcome, Julian. How are you? Good morning. Good morning to both of you. I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me today. Where are you coming to us from today, Julian? Live from Worldwide Headquarters in Harlem, New York City, looking out at Central Park from my living room window. Oh, beautiful. Unbelievable. Are you a New Yorker, like born and bred? I am uh, born and raised Grew up in Westchester County. I've lived in the city now for 23 years. So I think I'm a New Yorker born and raised. So you're from upstate. No, we don't call that upstate. I do. I'm from New York. She's messing with you. She's from Long Island. (laughs) That's where I grew up. No, 30 minutes north of the city. That's right. And I've been been in the concrete jungle since 95. Oh, man. I lived in... in, uh, Upstate New York. I went to school up there for a little while and uh, also lived in a city. And anything north of the city for me is upstate, she which thinks, is hysterical. Right. 
Westchester, Yonkers, it's all upstate, right, Christine? <laughs> right. <laughs> North yeah, of Central Park. Not. <laughs> oh, no, man. but the park is awesome. So Oh amazing. It, it, it gives me my sense of sense of the suburbs, having some grass and trees to look at. Beautiful. It's awesome. Julian, tell us before we get into how you even came up with this and, and whatnot, you now are really booking and traveling and created the boutique fitness summit. What the heck is this? Because this is something that as a fitness professional now, um, you know, traveling and presenting at conferences and, you know, I get to rub elbows with the, uh, those in the know. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's being talked about and anytime you're being talked about it, it's a, it's a fabulous thing, Julian. So tell us what the heck this is. What is it? So the Boutique Fitness Summit is a one-day immersive and interactive business solutions conference that is focused exclusively on boutique fitness studio owners located on the East Coast and coming soon in the Midwest. What the heck is a boutique yeah, tell fitness me. place? Tell our listeners what that is because some of them are so, like, what? what is that? Do we buy clothes there? Yeah, do, do I get my yeah, hair done? Great, great question. So... Um, a typical boutique studio is a smaller, a smaller facility, 5,000 square feet or less. And it is, it is a place where you are exercising following the instruction of some master instructor who knows more than you. In other words, it's not a place where you walk in and do your own thing. So it's not a big box gym is not a community center. It's not, let me go in and pump some, pump some weights. It's usually a class, a small group training, or even one-on-one where you're working with, with someone who is expert, learned, and trained in the, in the movement science um, specialties. Now, would you say that most of the boutiques are privately owned? Uh, I'm not aware that there are any that are not privately owned. So okay. I, think, okay. yeah, I think we're talking overwhelmingly, although, you know, um, increasingly because the boutique fitness sector is growing so quickly and having such a drastic or dramatic impact on the industry, it's quite possible that there are some community centers like the JCC and the YMCAs mm-hmm. that are incorporating some boutique studio elements, but not as a separate standalone. I haven't heard of one. Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting. And, it, and really, it's coming back to kind of the way that things always were. It's almost like private instruction, right? You walk into your class, you have your class time, you have your community, you have your, 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 your family, it becomes, right? Everyone goes to the 9 o'clock class, so they all go to the 6 a.m. class, so they all go to the – and they have their instructor that they, that they really like, and they're learning these things. Whereas, you know, in the – I call them the turnstile gyms, where you have to go through a turnstile to get into them, oh, like geez. the big box gyms. <laughs> And, and, uh, you know, where you walk in and you're left to your own devices, which, you know, is, we're left. A nightmare. Well, left to my own devices is the reason I had to get to the gym in the first place, right? You know, it's like, I don't really know what, you know, people don't really know why they're there, what they're doing. They look over, they see a guy who's fairly strong and he's using a certain machine and, uh, they say, okay, I'm going to go use that when he's done because, uh, he looks good. And, you know, it doesn't really work like that. Like we need help at times. And, uh. Exactly right. And I'll give you uh, a history lesson and an analogy that I think of for this industry. Uh, the history is that, the, in my opinion, based upon what I have learned and studied, 
the boutique industry uh, really draws on strong parallels from the martial arts industry. You know, so I took karate as a kid. And have you ever gone into a dojo and then you have 10 different people, 20 different people doing their own thing? No. Never. You, follow, you have a sensei. There is a method of progression from yellow belt to blue belt to red belt to black belt. The person, you, the sensei knows more than you. You, you learn your, your, um, your craft in a small group setting working under the tutelage of someone who knows more than you. That's essentially what a boutique fitness, what a boutique fitness studio is, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's just, I guess, in the last 20 years, it's moved beyond the martial arts world. But historically, I think that's where it comes from. And, and and with it, it's 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 exactly that. And and you, I think you're right. You know, you have your tribe, so to speak, and it and it's just like you get that instruction that is directed towards what you're looking for and what you want. Whereas at a big box gym, you don't really get that. I think a lot of that comes from that leadership at the top. When you have a boutique type of gym, often you have, like you said, it's a sole proprietorship or it's you know it's an individually owned type of uh, of establishment where it started with the passion of I would just love to have my own little space where I can come in and help people and and have that you know it, it, they usually are small spaces like you said less than 5000 square feet and their their people are you know it's 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 derived from a passion that the people have to start their own little thing whether it's a yoga studio or a pilates gym or even uh you know like a, a small kettlebell gym or group fitness whatever it is and whereas the bigger gyms it's it's not it's corporate money it's big business it's people who don't really care about those things they're just going to say hey i could probably make a lot of money on a this mile membership. Wide and an inch deep is exactly. what i think of whereas your boutiques are getting a mile deep and an inch wide is i think something like that mm-hmm. absolutely uh, with with the caveat so even though I am an advocate of uh, the boutique sector, I'm not bashing uh, right. the big boxes. Right. I've been a member of a of one specific big big box for 15 years. They have their they have their purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to something you said a minute ago, Brian, about the challenges of of uh, the turnstile gyms, the analogy that I use about the turnstile gyms and why they're not necessarily the most effective for the average person is something you said, you don't know what you're doing. Well, imagine if you were going to your favorite restaurant tonight and you're really excited, you're taking your wife out you're celebrating and you sit down at the table and then your, your server comes in, comes over to your table, says, are you ready to eat? And you says, you say yes. And then your server leads you and your wife into the kitchen. And in the kitchen, there's every possible spice and seasoning and meat and vegetable you could want. But you have to make your own meal. (laughs) Right? So for the first time, that would be fun. But when you're – but on the second, third, fourth time, you just want to eat. You want to eat something that's cooked well and something that tastes good. And quite frankly, can you can you make a meal with all those recipes as good as the chef who went to culinary art school? Absolutely not. You know what's even better that Julian you just said is that for someone like me who doesn't cook, you would have taken me into the kitchen and I would have already quit. Yeah. Like you would have been like, here, you can do what you want. And I would have been like, I, nope, I'm not, nope, and walked out so, just like a so gym. Why do, why do we think that we can let someone just walk into a big box facility, give them all the equipment with no training and expect that they're going to know what to do and have results? It's, yeah. 
I got that blue apron once. I ordered it, and I, I never worked so hard in my life to cook a meal. <laughs> they said it was going to be easy. We got it, too. My husband was like, look, we can do this together. He was like, we're never doing this again because I did the whole thing. He's like, you were supposed to be my sous chef. And I'm like, get your own sous chef. Oh, my god. so when you go to a boutique studio, these are community environments. Uh, everyone knows or a, a well-run boutique studio right. is supposed to have front desk staff and instructors and owners who know all of their clients. They know their injuries. They know the movement patterns. They know their lifestyle. They know the kids' names. And more importantly, there's a sense of progression to to the class. It's an hour or 45 minutes where you can actually turn your brain off and follow along the routine for whatever that modality is, indoor cycling or yoga or HIT or Pilates, doing it following the instruction of someone who knows more than you. It just makes so much more sense for the average person. Right. So now, how did you get so passionate about the boutique fitness world? Where's Where does this come from? Well, I can't say that I... Do, that I had a passion for boutique fitness. I have a passion for helping people live healthier lives. Amen, Julian. And helping people live pain-free lives. And and um, the passion developed as I recognized what's happening in the industry. It probably started, a couple things happened at the same time. I was in a, a member of the faculty at the Swedish College, Swedish Institute College of Health Sciences in Chelsea, New York. And 10 years ago, they formed a program uh, a department called the Advanced Personal Training um, Department. So it's a five, 20-month program, five trimesters that results in uh, students getting a an, an associate's degree in occupational health. And I was the only business class that they, that they took. It was a fitness marketing and management class. So when I started teaching there about four years ago, I had to learn the history of the industry. And one of the articles that we use was, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, run your studio, run your gym like a dojo. That's where the analogy to the martial arts comes from. I had to learn the history of the fitness industry from in order to teach this class. And so uh, while I'm doing that, I quick, one of the things that, one of the numbers that jumped off the page to me and it affects my, or influences my mindset now about the boutique industry one of the numbers that jumped off the page is this. For the last 35 years, the percentage of Americans who've had a gym membership has been unchanged. It's been 20%. Right. 20%. So in that same period of time, the percentage of Americans who suffer from some type of public health disease, obesity, oh. heart disease, has skyrocketed. So the number of Americans who go to the gym is flat. And the number of Americans who are unhealthy or less healthy has skyrocketed. That, to me, empirically says that there's something wrong with the big box gym model. Did you so also know it was like 80% more personal trainers are now certified since then, too? I think it's 80 or 85% it's grown as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm not – I, I it's did ridiculous. not know that, yeah. but I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not surprised. Yep. Right? So – it's not that I ever grew up with a particular affinity for boutique fitness studios. I'm passionate about helping people live uh, healthy, active, pain-free, pill-free lives. And the current model that's been in place since 
Ray Wilson started the first ballets in 1950 until now, that model isn't working. So, so the boutique fitness studio model has emerged in the last 20 years, and it seems to me to be one of the possible solutions to a broken public health crisis. Those are, those are great figures. I mean, it's really fascinating. I, you know, I wonder, it's just, it, 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 all of it's broken. You know, the medication, you know, the over, over medicating, uh, you know, the lack of activity, everything's, you know, the food sources are, 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 have been disrupted in the, in the same amount of time. It's just, you know, it's something that's going on. Have you seen that the boutique, what, what do your statistics tell you that your, the boutique industry has been able to stem any of that? Has it able, been able to turn the tide? Are you able to see that, um, you know, whether it's through retention of, of clients, uh, staying in one particular spot or with one gym? Um, well, I think it's too early. So to, the answer is I haven't seen it, and here's why. Number one is this industry is still very much in its infancy. Um, for the first thing people need to understand about the fitness industry is how young it is historically young. Okay, yeah. I mentioned Ray Wilson, the godfather who's still living, um, and um, what's her name? Jacqueline's wife still living. I met her two years ago. She's like 92 years old. These pioneers are still living. The fitness industry is only 60. The modern fitness industry is only 67 years old. By comparison, there have been lawyers and traders and salespeople and finance people since the beginning of time. So in that context, this is not even a 75-year-old industry. And then in the last 20 years has emerged this new segment of the fitness industry serving the boutique sector. So we're way early in the beginning phases of this industry. So I think it's too early to see what the impact is. The other challenge is that I mentioned Boutique studios serve typically 5,000 square feet, so they can't possibly serve the same number of people uh, that a commercial facility that's 20,000, 30,000 people is. So it's going to take a lot more boutique studios to really tackle this issue. But the good news is, according to URSA, 42% of all places where people exercise now are boutique studios, and that's huge. Say that again, 45%? 42%, according to, according to URSA, which is one of the large trade associations, 42% of all places where people are exercising are boutique fitness studios. Does that include – would that include CrossFit gyms? Would, would, uh, would yeah. That, yeah, that does. Okay, because yeah, they're private. Exactly. Yeah. So this summer, for example, Orange Theory announced um, that they had opened up their 1,000th franchise. That's phenomenal. Okay, and put it in perspective – there, there are only 100 equinoxes. Right. There are 2,500 YMCAs, so that's still by far, I think, the largest place people can exercise. Um, but there, there are more. There are 10 times as many Orange Theories worldwide as there are equinoxes in New York in in the country. Hmm. I got my hand in that pot too, Julian. <laughs> I right? know. So, uh, Pure Bar, Bar Three. Um, F45 um, have 500 plus locations. Row House, which was founded in New York City, just announced their 100th location. A studio down in DC, Solid Core, is doing phenomenal. They've opened up 35 locations, East Coast and Midwest. They're 
on track to have 100 locations open by 20 by 2020. So these are these are growing much faster, and part of it makes sense, right? There are a lot more places where you can open up a 1,500 or 2,500 square foot space than you can open up a 40,000 square foot space. Absolutely, for sure. There just aren't as many places available for a big box. And then, as I said, uh, uh, empirically, it's not clear that big boxes are actually successful at 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 uh, combating this issue. So that's kind of how I got into the into the industry, realizing that the big boxes historically weren't doing their job. And also, um, on my personal professional level, I was involved in New York City. Prior to starting the boutique fitness sector, I had a company that produced networking events for fitness and wellness professionals for from 2012 to 2017. And we produced over 100 events, and most of them, the overwhelming majority of them were held at boutique fitness studios, places like uh, Core Pilates and Connected Pilates and Reflections Yoga. And so I got to know the owners of these studios really well. And I was listening to them talk about their challenges that they were experiencing running their studio. So a combination of things were happening. I'm getting exposed to a lot of studio owners at the same time that I'm teaching a class on fitness marketing and management, learning the history of, of the industry. And then I guess the third thing that happened um, was in 2017, I went, I attended most of the major national fitness conferences, or I spoke. So I was a speaker at the first SCW in New York City. I was a speaker at ECA in New York City. I went to IDEA in Vegas. I went to URSA in Los Angeles. My business partner, N.T. Etuck, went to the other shows that I hadn't attended, like Club Industry and Mind, Body, Bold. And so when we, when we sat down last fall and compared notes and talked about where we saw uh, there was an opportunity in the, well, when we compare notes, we determine that there was a real opportunity to produce the Boutique Fitness Summit because the studios were opening quickly, they were growing quickly, but many of the owners don't have a tremendous amount of business experience. They're fitness professionals, right. they're trainers, they're former dancers, they're former athletes. And so, in order for them to be successful, they needed access to best-in-class training on the business side of running a fitness business, not the training side. Most of these conferences um, are providing training on what's called front of house, you know, training on different, different modalities and how to be a better trainer, how to be a better fitness professional. And that makes sense, but there's very little uh, training that's provided to the studio owner on the business of being a studio owner. And so all of those things resulted in us saying, you know what, we think there's an opportunity here to create something that's uh, specifically focused on the boutique fitness studio owner whose challenges are very different when you're trying to sell a $35 um, class and other big box gyms are selling $20, um, $20 unlimited monthly membership it's just a very different target audience, a different sales process, a different marketing approach, and you can't address both aspects of the of the market at the same conference. 
You know what? I'm going to jump in here, Julian, and say this. As someone who actually majored in, you know, business and English and always had exercise science and whatnot, I have to say that even as an investment banker, I was in the city doing that, investment banking and then teaching and then coaching. And then I've been in the fitness industry now, you know, part-time for 20 years and now full-time like a year. Um, I've worked with big box gyms. I've worked with boutiques and, you know, have been all over the country, all over the world, whether it be athletes or, you know, just whether it be training yogis or whatever. Um, there's something to be said right now for your learned experience because you can go to it's fantastic if people are coming out of college with a business degree that's great you're coming out of banking with a business degree it's totally different and i'm saying this to the listeners out there it's totally different if you're going into business of fitness you need to know your clients you need to know your marketing your marketing for your fitness clients is not going to be the same way that you're marketing towards you know when you're working for a big investment bank and you know whatever career you're coming out of it is a totally different way to approach people and what I wanted to back you up, Julian, about this is the Boutique Fitness Summit that you're having is something that I think is so important for people coming into the fitness industry because if you're just coming in because you're saying, hey, I'm just going to throw money at this business because I think it's going to be successful and you don't have your heart into it and you don't have the right marketing and you don't exactly have you know, the right you know, idea of who your clients are, you're not going to work. And as you're saying that it's so important now that we're really growing as an industry of boutique fitness studios, this is where it's at. I mean, if this is where we're going, we need to have, you know, heavily, you know, heavily armed for what we're walking into in order to be successful. Um, and I think it's just fantastic. The whole idea of targeting this specific fitness audience, because as you said, this is a very new um, realm. This is this is new. It hasn't been around forever. You said what? Seventy five years just started, right? Well, well, the entire industry, right? Right. The modern the modern industry was Ray Wilson, the founder of the company that eventually became Bally's right. Total Fit. That's nineteen fifty, right? And that's okay. not that's not even boutique. We're talking. This is correct, right? Correct. So in the boutique sector, you can argue. I, I forget the date of Barry's, but late '90s, so 20 years, 25 at most. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, you're totally right um, about textbook learning versus uh, in-person learning, and your experience working on Wall Street, having a business degree, is not the norm among fitness professionals. And I have to say that I don't. I mean, what I learned actually in the trenches was probably more valuable. I don't want to discredit education because I'm totally, as a teacher, as someone who taught for 15 years. It's overrated. You know, it's, I don't discredit education. I think it's important to have those, those letters. We were just talking to people a couple weeks ago. It's, it's important to have some letters, right? You get, learning, sure. Right. I think it's super important, but just as important is going out into the trenches it's and actually experiencing Boots on the ground, it. you know, it's, it's really, my mom is, was, is a yogi and she owned a, yo- a yoga studio for uh, over 20 years. And she always said to me, she said, owning a yoga studio is a very un-yogi thing to do. Correct. And, and, and it was hard for her. It was hard for her to make a schedule and get some other yogi who's as, just as flaky as she is. I love you, Mom. 
um, to, oh no, to show up, you know, and, and like, and, and have it be that and do her marketing and, and hold events at the, at the, at the studio and, and, you know, make sure that everything was okay and, and deal and with make sure Make sure it feels authentic to the whole yoga experience. Exactly. The way that she's always wanted it to be and envisioned it to be. And that's really why I was pointing at earlier is like, you know, you get somebody with passion and they, they know what they want. Um, you know, and, and, and that's what's driving their business plan and that's what's driving everything. And that can be, that, that's, that's awesome. And that could be very good and it can be very warming and inviting to people to come into. But it can also not be very businessy, which is awesome because now they have a, you know, a, a, a boutique fitness summit so they can lean on somebody like you, Julian, who has the expertise and is teaching classes on, you know, how to relate to these problems that more or less everybody's going to have you know nobody's unique in their business so much so that that you know somebody else hasn't had these issues before that's exactly it but let me let me jump on that one second i actually speak very little at the summit um i I moderate a panel i provide uh, a state of the industry panel uh presentation but people are not coming to the boutique fitness summit to hear the julian and in fact, what i think is really really important and exciting about what we do. You have mentioned, both of you mentioned real world experience and that's true, which is why our, our presenters and speakers are owners, managers, and executives themselves. We, we do our best to bring the best of the best. So when we, when we had our inaugural summit in New York city, Mark Fisher, Mark Fisher Fitness was one of our presenters. And Mark's been recognized by Inc. Magazine as one of the most successful studio owners in the country who generated $4 million in revenue in his fourth year of operations. For our listeners, to put that in perspective, that is beyond exceptional. $4 million in revenue is... That's insane. We'd all sign up for that. Yeah, it's $300,000 a month and i saw his i saw his uh clip it's if everyone gets on and and takes a look at that it's really it's really cool yeah you can find his ted talk mark fisher fitness Mm -hmm. so three hundred thirty-three thousand a year is what he was doing in the fourth year to put that in perspective mind body is the largest um booking billing software company in the world they're publicly traded they had their conference two weeks ago that I had the privilege of attending, and they indicated that the average studio, I believe I got this right, the average, their average client, right? So not all studios, just companies that use MindBody, their average client earns 27000 a month in income. It's amazing. 27000 yeah. Mark Fisher generating 333000 average MindBody client generating 27000 So... Mark knows what he's doing and having people like Mark come in and talk about the different aspects of customer retention, customer acquisition, building, managing high performing teams. That's why studio owners and managers attend the summit, not to hear me speak. You have people like Mark and uh, Amanda Freeman from SLT and Heather Erie, who's their VP for yoga works, which is also publicly traded and people like, um, Deborah and Eric Froelich, the co-founders of Row House, which have just opened up their 100th franchise. Uh, and next, in a couple of weeks at our DC summit, we will have uh, Alicia Sokol, who's a franchisee from Bar 3 down there, and Mark uh, Steverson, who owns Six Orange Theory. So it's studio owners and managers get to 
listen to other owners and managers who are killing it in the marketplace. I think that's the most important thing, not coming because I, I taught a fitness market. <laughs> I, I really meant that you provided the platform, but I appreciate it. You're very humble. You're, you know, um, you provide the platform for them to come and, and, and have a, 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 you know, a boutique fitness summit and hear all these people speak. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a great spot and, and everybody can learn from it. It's, it's awesome. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll add one more thing. Um, our upcoming summit in D.C. on November 2nd is going to have a different format than the first one because you just said um, have people come and listen. And that's the typical conference convention format. But that doesn't result in real learning. That's, that's listening to content delivery, listening to speeches. We're, we're going to have a format at the D.C. summit that involves interactive uh, dis- interactive roundtable discussions, which which will help people process the information better, retain it better, learn it more effectively, active learning, not just listening to someone on stage speak for 45 minutes. So the format that we've created, uh, we believe, is much more conducive to the studio owners and managers leaving the summit with actionable, practical skills and knowledge that they can begin to implement the next day to help them increase their company's efficiency, help them get more students into their classes, ultimately generate more revenue so they can develop more innovative programs to help people live a healthier life. You can't help someone else stay healthy if you can't stay in business. And you can't stay in business if you don't have enough revenue coming in. And I think that's what you were referring to, Brian, with the the yogi challenge of being a yogi and being a of being a business owner. The business owner says, "I need to make money." The yogi wants to help people, but they're not mutually exclusive. You have to do both. I always think it's it's ninety percent really hard work and grind and paperwork and marketing and and numbers, and then ten percent is your glory. That's like your you get to actually have fun and be in front of everyone and experience it and teach others. And it's you know it's people jump in. I think even from my experience in the last twenty years, you jump in because you have this passion and you do genuinely want to change lives. And then you realize, oh my gosh, this is this isn't all the glitter and the glam that I that I imagined no. it would be. And all of a sudden it's, you're overwhelmed and now you almost, and you don't know where to go. Yeah. You lose you that, go for help. Exactly. that shine. And um, you know, if we're, if we're, if we're candid about this, the challenges that we're talking about for the boutique fitness studio owner mm-hmm. are, are no different from the challenges of any small business owner. Like a baker, a, a nail and, salon, and a hair exactly, studio, you know, exactly where I was going to go. you, you you bake cookies for your kids and all of a sudden your friends say, wow, these are really good. You should sell these. So then you start selling them at the local farmer's market on the weekend. It's just a little side hustle and sales pick up. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you're in the business of baking cookies. Why did you start? Because you, you enjoy baking cookies. No one ever opens up a small business because they love working on QuickBooks on Friday night. <laughs> it's the truth. We but, love answering emails at 9 p.m. when people are like, you need to answer me. And I'm like, oh, I need to have this. You, 
But if you don't master QuickBooks, payroll, booking, billing, you won't stay in business. It doesn't matter how great those cookies are or how great a, a, you know, an exterminating service or how good of a lawyer you are. If you can't handle the administrative aspects of running a small business, you can't stay in business. And again, there's no place I'm aware of where, well, I should say no place. There aren't many places where you can go to learn this. I mean, certainly uh, there are surprisingly some good federal programs. The, the SBA and the SBDC, which is the Small Business Development Center, has these programs. And most communities have a college where there's an entrepreneurship program that has programs like this. So I'm not suggesting that there's nothing out there but uh, across all industries, but there's certainly nothing that is specific to the fitness, the fitness industry. You've created a boutique service for boutique fitness service, the summits, yeah, or services. You know, it's it's uh, it's it, you, you, <laughs> it's almost like uh, Cosmo Kramer made the coffee table book for coffee tables. Nice, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I have a question for you on revenue. You spoke of it earlier. You know, obviously, it's what drives the whole operation. Uh, it's also one of the things that definitely separates big box gyms from uh, from boutique style gyms and that is that one is fairly inexpensive and you can kind of go in and do your thing the other is that you know the boutiques are obviously more uh you know more expensive for people to come and and take the classes either you know once or monthly or however they package it um my opinion on that and i always say is yes you would actually pay less on for per month at a big box gym but most likely you're going to have to pay more to get a trainer at that big box gym. And once you do that, it's kind of a wash, um, you know, depending on how, how, what kind of services you're, you're buying into. What are your um, analysis? What's the analysis on cost and, and differences in costs? And, and, you know, is there a price point that most of these boutiques, obviously, wherever they are in the country might, might, might determine that, but is there a price point that's beneficial to them to keep that revenue stream coming? It's, it's a great question, and my first answer to you is that people actually get PhDs in pricing theory <laughs> because it's that, compl- it's that complicated, right? Um, certainly, on the face of it, boutique studios seem more expensive, and I indicate seem. Um, and a lot of it is regional. And because there are some big box gyms in in New York City that charge about the same or not much more than a 10-pack cost at a typical boutique studio. Um, So there's certainly a price issue for some studios, but many studios now offer, um, well, when you buy a package, Um, and I'm thinking about one studio now, indoor cycling studio in Brooklyn, where the average class comes out to $22. So at some point, it just becomes a matter of priorities for the average person, right? And of course, income um, has to be adjusted by region. New York City is very expensive. The average American salary, I think, is like $50,000, but it's very tough to live on that in New York City. So you have to adjust what I'm saying based on where you're living, Um, but in New York City, a when there's a $22 indoor cycling class in the same neighborhood that has an $18 hamburger and $16 pancakes, and I don't know what nail salon costs, but probably $15 to $20, 
when when your $22 class is in that same price range, at some point it just becomes a priority. What's more? Oh, and and your cocktail is between <laughs> $14 to $16. At some point it just becomes a matter of what's your priority. Do you want the $16 pancakes, the $14 cocktail, the $10 beer, or the $22 um, experience that's going to drive all of the help me out with the technical term of um, serotonin and, and dopamine. What's that, what's that called? But they're all part of a yeah. larger category of your hormones. Okay. Let's call them hormones. Chem- chemical <laughs> reactions, <laughs> adrenaline, so dopamine, neuro- serotonin. So do you want to spend $22 to drive your, your, your hormones? Or do you want to spend $10 for a depressant in a beer? <laughs> it's the truth. Right. So now, Again, fully acknowledging that for the average person, $22 three times a week becomes $66, becomes $122 and $244 a month, and that's not in everyone's budget. I get that. Um, So the fascinating thing is what's happening now with the online access to some of these programs. Peloton has has an app that, that you can use that doesn't require you having their bike. Aptiv provides um, audio coaching. ClassPass Online provides coaching. Uh, Forte provides access to online classes. Daily Burn. So now there are more and more options available to somebody who they can get access to this coaching-led instruction. And especially a, a, a platform like Aptiv, where you can then take your $10 or $15 membership go into the big box facility and still get access to the coach in your ear working you through a progression. I'm not saying it's the same thing as working with Christine Conti one-on-one, but it's better than going into the kitchen by yourself trying to figure it out. Absolutely. Have you seen... And we're getting, go ahead. And we're getting more and more into that space. Now, my question to you, I guess, is with all of the you know boutique places popping up, now, are are you seeing anything, you know, I guess, with the with the online apps? Are you seeing any dips in, hey, people are going to be doing their workouts on their own? Personally, I like the energy. I like to be around, you know, in a studio, around people, um, again, you know, presenting and always being kind of my hand in the industry. I love that. I, I would rather not work out on my own. Um, are you seeing that take away, the online platforms take away from some of the – Boutique? No, because it's it's not either or. It's supplemental. Okay. And first, first we have to remember that um, we get we on the on us, the quote unquote coastal elites, the East Coast, West Coast, uh, especially if you're in New York and LA and San Francisco, um, and probably Chicago. We forget that's not the majority experience of the majority of Americans, where there are ten studios on one street in New York City. There are entire towns that might have one or two studios. So first and foremost, the digital platforms that I mentioned are bridging the the access gap. Okay. Okay. Second, um, there are studios like Physique 57 has a very robust online platform, and it's not intended to replace going to take a class there. It's intended to supplement. If you're traveling, if, uh, if your child is homesick, and you can't get to class today, if it's a driving rainstorm, you can pull up Physique 57 and take your favorite instructor's class. Same thing with Peloton 
Or if you want variety, you can use some of the other uh, companies I mentioned, Peloton, um, Forte, and Daily Burn, and ClassPass. And then there are some people who just don't like going to exercise in public. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a boutique studio, this uh, having a an online component of your platform allows you to reach a different audience. We've even seen it. The gym that, that I, that I work at, uh, has the app and, and, you know, we see people for when they travel, you know, the the workouts there, uh, or when, you know, summertime and the kids are all home and not at school, you know, the, the, the parents that are, you know, at home with the kids, can't get to the gym and uh you know the boutique obviously the boutique gym that i work at doesn't have child care services you know so they can't just dump the kids off in the in the uh the playroom or i said i said exactly. that point let's remember what i said at the beginning of this call how did i get interested into the boutique space because the percentage of americans who have a gym membership has not changed in 35 years right i mean 80 percent of the population does not want to go to a commercial facility or a community gym. And that's their so, business model. I mean, their business model is pay, give us the money and don't come, which is right. insane. So, so you have to look at it, or I encourage people to look at it scientifically from that perspective. The, the, I think it's clear that the big box model has not benefited society as a whole and that the only people who benefited from the big box model have been the big boxes. Mm-hmm. And it's clear to me that the the rise of boutique studio classes, studios in the last 20 years is a direct correlation to two things, people liking, engaging with each other in a community environment and people not enjoying the experience of walking into a 30,000 square foot facility with loud pumping music where no one knows your name and you don't know what you're doing. People not liking that. Like 35 years is not a small sample size. Let's go back to psychology for a second. Basic psychology. What do we all want? We want to to feel needed. For real. I'm I'm taking it back to psych 101 right now. We all want to feel needed, right? You walk into the big box gyms, you don't feel needed. You don't feel like they need you to be there. They don't feel like they know your name. And again, some, some gyms do a really great job. I don't, I really cannot put a blanket over everything. However, with that said, you're owning a boutique. You're someone who's got that fire. You've got that shine. You've got that passion. Guess what? You need those people. And one of the most important things I think, you know, and I'm, I'm so excited that you're doing this for business owners in, in this fitness realm. And I know, Julian, that this is going to grow and this is going to be huge because you are filling, you are filling a need out there. You're filling a gap. And I think that, you know, the same reason why Brian and I started podcasting was because we saw the need. There was something missing. We needed to get the word out to people on a greater platform. And really, that's what you're doing. And also, you know, with your own podcasting that you're doing, the Boutique Fitness Podcast, right, Julian? That's it? Correct. Yeah, that's um, correct. It's, you know, we urge our listeners, go check out that podcast, too. I mean, it, we're all winning here. This is, you know, we're not in competition with one another. This is all about, you know, rising with the tides. And I think, you know, what you're doing is the same reason why what, what we're doing is you need to, you see this need and we need to get the, the word out to people that we need you. Um, we need you because obviously this is our passion, but 
those statistics don't lie about the health and the obesity and all of these levels. The, the gym numbers are staying the same, yet we're getting more unhealthy. Like, wh- right. you know, what's going on with our kids? What's going on? There's something not right here. And if the way of fitness now, if we as a gym owner can say to someone, hey, Sally, like you're doing a really great job and I want you to keep coming and, you know, and you're making that person feel good. She's feeling like she's needed and she needs to show up. And 90% of this effort is just showing up. Des Linden, I'm throwing it out there again. We love her. I'm going to push back back a little bit on the last thing you said. When it comes to the the business of running a studio, all of the studio owners are showing up every day. Okay, if we go back to my restaurant analogy, you could show up in the kitchen every day. But if you don't know how to cook, Mm -hmm. showing up isn't enough. Right. Okay, so... So the, uh, I mentioned Mark Fisher mm-hmm. and I mentioned his success, um, which is an outlier in to the nth degree. But what's not uh, what's not obvious when you read uh, when you read that Mark Fisher generated four million in revenue in year four is that for the last ten years he's been digesting two books a week. Mm-hmm. And I say digesting because a lot of, a lot of it has been audiobooks. But even that. I tried to 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 read audiobooks earlier this year and I just I fell behind. Mark made a commitment and an investment to to consume reading or listening to two audiobooks per week for the last 10 years. He has read everything and one of the books is always on business and one of the books is on professional development. So it's not a fluke that he's generating four million a year in revenue. Showing up um, is not is not sufficient if you want to have excellence in any profession. You have to actually study your craft, and your craft isn't just in front of the instructor, isn't just in front of the students teaching them how to teach. That's critically important. But if you want to be a business owner, your craft is in the business of running a business as well. And again, it's not sexy, you know, mastering uh, uh, Excel shortcuts. But if that saves you 15 minutes when you're running a report, then that's 15 minutes more that you can either devote to your class or to your family. So my pushback is that showing up isn't enough. You have to show up and take further action to learn and master the business of running a business. Yeah. And I think what I meant too, I meant with showing up is you want the clients to just keep showing up. So to make them feel, to make them feel good and for them to keep showing up is kind of what I, what I was alluding to with that one. But yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. With, you know, you need to keep evolving as a business owner. You know what? I've gotten away from listening to podcasts that are just not about nonsense, but you know, the stuff that I really like to listen to because Mm -hmm. that time could be spent listening to business development type of podcasts as well as the audiobooks, I'd be nowhere without the audiobooks. I mean, if I can, if I'm at this point, I read a lot, but not necessarily sit down and have the time to, to knock out whole books. The audiobooks are life changers, um, you know, for, for just me and balance and everything. It's, it's really, I, I don't know how I would do it without, without Especially that. Especially if, if you're the average American who has a 45 minute commute, uh, the subway you're driving, you know, that's time to digest stuff. Um, so, you know, I, I guess the last thing I'll say is, is kind of why we're doing what we're doing. And 
And the big picture is that there are literally thousands of studio owners and managers on the front lines every day who are totally committed and passionate about helping people live a healthier lives. And at the end of the day, what really resonates with me is the, um, the announcement that we hear on every, every air flight we take where the flight attendant says, in case we lose oxygen, put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Well, that applies to every business owner. We, especially in this industry, the studio owners who want to serve their community and deliver innovative uh, fitness and wellness programs that help their students and clients live healthy, active, pill-free, pain-free lives, those studio owners can't stay in business if they don't put the oxygen mask on themselves first, learn how to run a business so then they can generate the revenue that they need to pay their front desk people properly, to pay their instructors properly, and not have to worry about uh, what am I going to do? My front desk person just left me, but I'm only paying her 12 bucks an hour. So of course she's going to leave me. Like, at the end of the day, you need revenue. You need income to do the things you want to do to accomplish your mission. And so our mission at the Boutique Fitness Summit is to provide these studio owners with the knowledge, tools, resources they need for them to put the oxygen mask on themselves first. That's Splendid. Awesome. Julian, now with that said, there is, there's something else that you're working on, correct? There's another um, workshop, I believe, that you, uh, that you have in the mix coming up. Well, the next summit is the Boutique Fitness Summit DC will be on Friday, November 2nd, uh, downtown DC at the Washington Marriott. And then next year, we already have our dates uh, for the second annual Boutique Fitness Summit in New York City will be on Friday, April 26th, Midtown Manhattan near Penn Station. And we already have a return date for DC next summer, August 1st out in Reston, Virginia, near Dulles Airport. And we expect to be somewhere in the Midwest for our first ever summit next fall. So that's the immediate future, the next four events for the summit. That's and amazing. then coming next, coming next uh, second quarter next year, sometime around April, will be a new company called the Fitness Managers Academy, uh, which will be focused on providing training to studio owners and managers on the, the skills required to be effective managers of, of facilities, not just studios, but any type of gym facility. And then there's going to be a second component, a second program offered under the academy, which will be a program for people who aspire to be general managers where they can go and learn the skills required to be a, a general manager. Because as you know, just because you're a great personal trainer or a group fitness instructor doesn't mean that you're qualified to be a studio manager. And right now, there's no place to go to learn payroll and bookkeeping and scheduling, scheduling booking software and HR laws. So we're going to have a program that will provide CECs and that will provide a training path for fitness professionals who are looking to move to the next phase of their career into management. So coming next year, second quarter, the Fitness Managers Academy. Julian, is there any requirements for anyone who wants to attend the Boutique Fitness Summit or 
the fitness managers Academy or anything can they have to apply or will you, you know, even if I don't, um, currently own a studio or whatnot, can I go and just really learn and, and be a sponge if I'm interested in the industry? So there's no application process, but we review every, everyone's registration. The summit is a, it is for studio owners, managers, and people who aspire to open up, to open a studio. Okay. It's, it's not for the traditional um, fitness professional, personal trainer, group fitness instructor, who's happy working uh, either independently or at a big box gym. They'll certainly learn, but it's not created for them. Okay. I wanted to just make that clear to our, to our listeners that this is, you know, this is something that is very important. You're going to get a lot out of this, you know, just between, like you were saying before, networking, even just sitting down with people and having a think tank, you know, of what worked for you, what didn't listening to some of these speakers. I, I just think it's really just a valuable, a valuable day to put into this. Absolutely. And let me just add on to what I said, the fitness professional and the group fitness instructor who wants more business knowledge has has ample opportunity. That's what idea is for. That's what the idea of personal training Institute is for. That's what Thomas Plummer's business seminars are for. Even SCW has a few business seminars on that. Um, so the whole purpose, one of the reasons why we created the boutique fitness summit is because we looked at the big marketplace and we said, there are plenty of places that are targeting that are providing business education for commercial gyms. And there are plenty of places that are providing education for independent fitness professionals and trainers. But on the East Coast, there's no place that is 100% focused on the boutique fitness studio owner. And so that's why our focus is limited to that. That's great, Julian. It's, yeah. it's it's fantastic. I mean, thank you so much for you know just putting it all together so people can have just one place to to come and access all this information. It's so important to you know, like we just said, the business owner that wants to do this and is not quite sure how to do everything involved with it, and uh, you're providing them with that. And uh, you know, the the summits are are you know we just wish you nothing but success and and bringing this to to the people that need it the most. Well, I, I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about what we're doing. As you guys know, it's um, it's certainly there are certainly a lot of people involved in helping make this happen. Um, my business partner NTE Tuck is the founder of FitGrid, uh, which is a customer retention software program. He's been instrumental in uh, in co-launching this with me, and then we have a great team of people behind us. And in DC. Uh, for the first time, we've built an advisory board of about 15 fitness influencers down there, some of whom I've never met, but they, they have rallied to support us because they, our mission resonates with them. So there's a huge team behind us making this possible, and, and we're all just excited to have the opportunity to work with studio owners, help them get better at their craft, help them get better at running their business so they can focus more on on teaching, which is really ultimately what we want them to spend more time doing. Well, we can't wait to follow up with you in like a year even and get you back on here to see where 
this summit has taken you and taken everybody else. Because this is just a, an amazing platform. And like Brian said, we wish you absolute success because I think that this is something that is much needed in our, um, you know, in our, I guess, profession. And, and people need this. So with that said, Julian, thank you so much for coming on here and talking about you know, really the business of business and, and making people healthier. And we always say, you know, living a better life one day at a time. So absolutely. Um, thank you for having me. And if I could just, uh, tell your listeners that they can go to, to bfsconferences.com to find information about our upcoming summits. Do me a favor. Tell our listeners we're gonna we're gonna put up all your links and all your information as well. But um, tell our listeners right now before we go where they can find you, websites, uh, social media, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Give a shout out. Website is bfsconferences.com. You can find us on Instagram at uh, at boutique fit summit f i t summit. You can find us on LinkedIn and on Facebook. And if you want to reach us by email, it's admin at bfsconferences.com. Next event, Friday, November 2nd, three weeks from well, Friday, November 2nd. There you go. Perfect. Excellent. I love All it. All right. Well, thank you so much for having us. Julian, uh, our pleasure. Absolutely. So we will uh, we'll look forward to being in touch with you. In the future, you're going to have a great conference in D.C. We will pump that up to our listeners. And with that said, my name is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.